If you will, come go with me to the book of Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. Beginning at verse number 1. Malachi 3. Chapter 3 verse 1. There you find these words. It says, Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant, in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire, and like launderer's soap. He will sit, at, he will sit as a refiner, and a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. Then the, offers, then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasant to the Lord, as in the days of old, as in former years. And I will come near you for judgment. I will be swift. I will be a swift witness against sorcerers, against adulterers, against perjurers, against those who exploit wage earners and widows and orphans, and against those who turn away an alien, because they do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts. For I am the Lord. I do not change. I am the Lord. I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, in what way shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out from you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for, for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed. For you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Amen. Amen. I, I want to preach from this thought today. The key to blessings. The key to blessings. Now you can put in parentheses the key to financial blessings. But I stop by to tell you that the blessings of God are not just financial. 
Some blessings are added health. King Hezekiah was told that he needed to get his house in order because he was going to die. And the Bible said he turned himself to the wall and began to pray. And the blessing that he received was 15 years extra life. And so all of God's blessings are not financial. Some blessings are peace. Jesus said, peace I give unto you. And there's somebody sitting beside you right now that, that money couldn't buy them peace. Friends couldn't buy them the peace that they needed. You, you needed just some peace in your life. But there's a key to the blessings that we want. And we find it here in the word of God. Now, I'm, a, I'm somewhat of an unusual pastor. I don't preach a lot about money. Amen, lights. And so for those of you that have been coming here for quite a time and never heard me say anything about money or offerings and now you're feeling squirmish, good for you. Because every now and then, I, I got I to gotta deal with the uncomfortable thing. And, and, and what we'll find out is that when we deal with the uncomfortable things, it makes life comfortable. Somebody, somebody missed that. It's the reason life is not comfortable for some of us is because we have not had to contend with the things that is uncomfortable. We have simply looked the other way. Now, I, I'm, I'm, I've been preaching going on 30 years and pastoring going on 18. And one of the things that has always uh, been said of this text when it comes time to talk about tithing and offering, uh, people will say, and I found out, Stephanie, that those are the people that say this. Those are the people that don't do this. You, you'll find out that when somebody's not doing something, they want to talk down what is being done. But people will tell me that tithing is Old Testament. No, you see it in the Old Testament. But just because you don't see it written or talked about explicitly in the New Testament doesn't mean that we stop tithing. That would be like saying, God said, thou shalt not steal in the Old Testament. But now that we come to the New Testament and there's no mention of thou shalt not steal, is it all right to steal now? Okay, that don't get you. Thou shalt not kill is the Old Testament. But he doesn't say thou shalt not kill in the, Old Te in the New Testament. Doesn't mean that it's all right to kill now. Okay, that to get y'all. Thou shalt not commit adultery is said in the Old Testament. And just because it's not said or spoken of much in the New Testament doesn't mean that it's all right to commit adultery now. No, because I found out that what is said in the Old Testament is always backed up in the New. And it would do us some good to understand why God said it in the Old Testament. Can I preach like I feel it? When we get to Malachi chapter 3. Uh, we must understand, uh, first of all, that this is the return of the exiles. You got to understand, uh, being exiled means this. Uh, being exiled means that you are, you are removed uh, from your homeland. I wonder if I got somebody in here that's living in a home, uh, that's paying rent or a mortgage on a home, but still feels like you're not a part of that home. Okay, that ain't get y'all. I mean, I mean, you, you go to work every day and you come home, but you still feel uncomfortable. You can be in exile in your own home because if the spirit life ain't right, can I preach? Uh, say amen, lights. I'll just preach to the lights this morning. If the spirit life ain't 
ain't right, uh, then nothing else is right in the house. Uh, no matter how good you can fix it up, no matter how good you can dress it up, no matter how good you can cover it up, if the spirit life ain't right, uh, ain't nothing right in the life in the house. Uh, we can talk about, oh, I wish I could preach to about a nine of y'all. We can talk about coming out of 2019 uh, and celebrating the victories of 2020, but we can't even celebrate the victories of 2020 if we ain't dealt with the spiritual lives of 2019. Who can I preach to in here today that want to deal with the spiritual life? Who want to deal with what you have to deal with in your spirit in years and days gone by? In other words, who want to get some stuff right? Here in the text, uh, we, we find that we find the exiles, and, and they are exiled because uh, of their disobedience. Oh, my God. Yeah, they are exiled because they are kicked out of the promotion because of their disobedience. They, they are kicked out of the relationship because of the disobedience. They are exiled because of disobedience. And God allows them to go into exile for over 70 years. And the Bible says that now they're returning home from the exile. But we have to understand something. that As they return home from the exile, God has to deal with what exiled them in the first place. Oh, I wish I could preach up in here. It's just like this. Uh, 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 and my mama probably watching, the, and, and, uh, and we grown now. She can't go to jail for, for the abuse, the stuff that she did to me. When, you know, I, when, she was, when, she was, when she was beating me, I called that abuse because it was done to me. But when I did it to my child, it was called raising your child. But my mama never believed in time out. You ain't, she, you ain't, you ain't act a fool in, in a rose house. And she say, you go to time out now. Nah, now, mama would take a time out from tearing my behind up. And, and that's when I'm, I'm, I'm breathing hard and she breathing hard. And, and I'm hoping that she ain't got enough strength to come back. That's the time out that I was related to, Dee Dee. But, 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 but mama didn't believe in time out. But either way, when you punish a child, at some point, you got to relive and go back over or at least discuss what they did to get their butt toe up in the first place. Because if you don't, they will repeat it again. Now, 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 Junior, you know why I had to wear your behind out? Mm. You better say yeah. Act like you done learned that lesson. There's a hate. Cheryl, I should hate them say, this going to hurt me. I was a little smart behind. If this going to hurt me, mama, more they going to hurt you. And the object is to hurt me. Won't you let me do it to you? Shit's gonna hurt me, you more. Poor <laughs> Sharon just shaking her head like I can't believe. <laughs> As they come out of exile, the Bible says God begins to, to, to revisit what sent them there. God, God won't, you, you got to read all of Malachi to get an understanding. God wants them to understand that he is not just God, but he's a just God. He's not just God, but he's a fair God. And I hear people all the time say that ain't fair. The truth of the matter is you really don't want God to start being fair. 
Oh, I wish I had a help. I wish I had about five of y'all. You really don't want God to start being fair. Fair according to who? You really ought to, you really ought to celebrate his grace and his mercy. That's what's fair to me. The Bible says as they're coming back out of exile, God begins to deal with their sin. The first thing that God wants them to understand is this. Uh, uh, you, you, you as leaders, uh, you are the ones that have messed up. Because uh, uh, people will do what they see leadership do. People will do what they see leadership do. People will do what they see leadership do. Now, this ain't in my notes, but the, but the Holy Ghost got me wretched right here. People will do what they see leadership do on Facebook. People will do what they see leadership do on their jobs. That's why you can't have folk in leadership acting a fool in church because people will do what they see leadership do. And if you allow leadership to do wrong things and still lead, then people will finally wind up doing what I can't get no help in here. I wish I had about nine of y'all that wonder why sometime, okay, y'all gonna make me go there. I've been trying to be cool and not go there. But when deacons act a fool in church because deacons or a leader, I got to sit them down because people will do what they see deacons do. People will do what they see preachers do. People will do what they see leadership do. And the reason for exile it's because the leaders acted a fool and nobody checked the leaders. If you can't say amen, say ouch. So coming back. This this is can I can I can I show you the shout? Y'all missed the shout. God allowed a comeback. Somebody missed the shout. No matter how raggedy things got, God allowed them to come back. Somebody ought to shout over there right now. Somebody who's been knee deep in some stuff, you ought to shout over the fact that we serve a God that allows a comeback in spite of your foolishness. In spite. Now wait a minute now. He don't allow a quick comeback. They had to spend 70 years in exile, but then God did allow a comeback. I ain't got can't buy a man up in here today. But I found out, Fred, that if we're going to move to bigger to better, we got to learn how to deal with leadership. If leadership give, people give. If leadership complain about giving, people complain about giving. If leadership serve, people serve. Deacon Petway, this for you, my brother. If folks, will, if folks will see leadership serve and join in to help leadership, then we all serve. Oh, I feel good in 2020. God told me. God told me. Can I help y'all? Can I tell you? God told me you got too many. He said some folk going to have to leave you in 2020. Because I found out that there's some Negroes. 
It's been a long time since I said that, but they don't mind. There's some Negroes that'll, that'll keep you from getting what God is trying to get in 2020. You got to learn how to shake some folk off in your life. If you've been trying to get it for a long time and you ain't got it, you need to check the consonants in your life. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Y'all said I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm trying to get to my point right here. So, so, so at the end of chapter 2, Israel begins to complain about God not dealing with the folk the way that Israel wanted them to. Aren't you glad that can't nobody tell God how to deal with you? No, no, y'all, some of y'all didn't get that. Some of y'all didn't get that. Ain't you glad that some of them, some of them boondock jokers used to hang with, used to run with? Ain't you glad that they can't tell God how to deal with you? Okay, you ain't get it. Aren't you glad that some of the folk that's jealous of you can't tell God how to deal with you? Anybody here got some folk jealous about you, jealous about your house, jealous about your car, jealous about your blessing? Aren't you glad that God don't listen to jealous folk in your life? They say, God, won't you, won't you deal with them? They're they not, they not doing what we want them to do. Won't you deal with them? God has to remind them that the reason that they're not doing right, help me preach up in Holy Ghost, is because you leaders ain't doing right. It's in the text. He said, but behold, I send a messenger. I wasn't going to preach all this, but since y'all pushed me, behold, I send a messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. See, from, from, from verse 1 to 5, God talks about the coming of two messengers. The first messenger, behold, I will send a messenger, and he will prepare the way for me. He's referring to John the Baptist. John comes on the scene nearly 400 years later. God prophesies it to Malachi, who tells the leaders, and it happens later. So I'm going to send a messenger. He's going to prepare the way. And then if you keep reading, he, he, says, he says, and the Lord whom you seek, he's talking about Jesus, will suddenly come to his temple. Oh, but then the very next verse, even the messenger of the covenant, in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming? He talks about the coming of John the Baptist, the coming of Jesus the first time, but he also deals with the second time. One of the things that we must understand as church, as a people of God, is that Jesus is coming back. I say he is coming back. We can't, we can't celebrate his death, his burial, and his resurrection and not realize that he's coming back. And when he comes back, he's coming back looking for a church without spot or wrinkle. He's coming back looking for some folks seeking to do his will. He's coming back. Then he, he really lays it on he says, I am the Lord. I don't change. What I said in the Old Testament goes for the new. I don't change. Therefore, you are not consumed because I don't change. 
Can I shout you real quick? Can I shout you one time? So you can shout right there because he says, I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed. See, uh, if God ever changed, if he ever changed his mind about you, about how he cares for you, about how he looks after you, if he ever changed his mind, then you would be consumed in your mess. Uh, somebody ought to shout it right there. The reason why you ain't died yet, uh, the reason why it has not overtaken you yet, the reason why you ain't lost your mind yet, the reason why you ain't cuckoo for Cocoa Puff. The reason why you ain't sleeping in a padded room is because we serve a God that has not changed. He has not changed. Let me get to where I'm going. Let's, let's pick up verse 8. He asked a question. He said, well, a man robbed God. Now, now, robbery is different than stealing. He didn't say, will a man steal from God? We've had people steal from the church. Stealing is what you do when ain't nobody looking. When, when ain't nobody around, when you, when, when you wait and look for them to turn their head and you take it without their knowledge, that's stealing. But robbery is a little more bold. Ro robbery happens up in your face. Robbery has no regard to whether you are asleep or awake. Robbery, robbery don't care how you feel about it. Robbery just comes in and say, stick them up. And God asked the question, will a man rob God? Will a man look God dead in the face and say, I love you. I, I, I pray for you. I praise you. I worship you. And then take from God. Will a man slap out, flat out, rob God? I got news for you. Folk do it in the church every Sunday. Come to church, lift up holy hand and talk about the goodness of God. And walk by the collection plate and put in a dollar. Will a man, will a man rob him? Yeah. Yeah, do it every Sunday, yeah. And leave with this mentality, the Lord knows my. I got news for he also know your bank account. He does know your heart, but he also know your bank account, yeah. Yes, he does. Don't think he know your heart and not your bank account. He also know what you spend stuff on frivolously. Look, let me say this. Let me, let me say, let me, here's my disclaimer. Please don't, don't text me. I'm getting older now. Don't call me. Don't email me. Don't pass me in the hallway and ask me who I'm mad at. At some point, all of us got to get mad at what's wrong. The question is, why ain't you mad? Why ain't you sick and tired of the hell that's going on in your life? Why aren't you mad about the fact that you can't get the blessing that you thought you were deserving for? Why aren't you mad yet?
Will a man rob God? He said, yeah. You robbed me. Where? Where have we robbed you? In the tithe and the offering. Here's the key to blessing. Now, watch this. The key to blessing is not the tithe. See, we've been, we've been teaching, we've been saying this wrong. It's the key to blessing is not the tithe. The key to blessing is obedience. And obedience makes you want to do what God said to do. I know I'm right about it. Because we look at the tithe as sacrifice. And we say, well, I guess I'll go on and sacrifice. But the truth of the matter, when you give the tithe, you're not sacrificing. You're being obedient to the word of God. And Samuel told uh, Saul that, it's, that obedience is better than sacrifice. To obey is better than to sacrifice. We got to learn to obey God. That pours out the blessings. He, he said, he says, bring, he said, you, you robbed me in the tithe and the offering. And, and you curse with a curse. Now, now, I've had people challenge me on this, Michelle. I, I've had people challenge me and ask the question, well, what's the curse with the curse? And they ask you like that, what's the curse with the curse? What does that mean? While I was studying, while I was preparing for this, the Holy Ghost showed me something. When we don't obey God, grace and mercy. Grace and mercy. The curse is written in the book. But the curse does not take away the grace of the mercy. It's written in the book. You have to keep reading. He says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. And I will destroy, and, and the devourer will not destroy the fruit of your labor, the fruit of your ground. But if you don't tithe, good God Almighty, the devourer is allowed. You still got grace and mercy, but you're cursed with a curse. Because if you don't tithe, the, the, the devourer is allowed to call you and say, uh, your car is broken, it's going to cost you $1,500 to get your car fixed. Oops, something broke in the house. It's going to cost you another $5,000 to get it fixed. Don't tithe and watch the devourer devour what you try to hold on to. It's tight, but I'm right about it. He, said, uh, he says, uh, you've cursed with a curse. For you robbed me. He said, even this whole nation. He's talking to the leaders. But he tells the leaders that, that because you've done it, everybody has done it. I've seen, I've seen our giving statement, New Jerusalem. We can do a whole lot better. I've seen what we drive. And some of y'all got it paid off. Leave it alone, leave it alone. He says, bring all of the tithe into the storehouse. The, the storehouse is the church, y'all. That there may be food. See, the church, the church is set up 
that the church will help to supply the needs of those less fortunate. But in order for the church to do that, the church got to keep lights on. Got to keep people and things in place. And, and so we're not, we, we, we got we to have a place for the needy to come to get some assistance. And so if we don't bring the tithe, the 10%. That's all God asked for. 10%. I tell folk this all the time. If you can't handle the 90, the 100 ain't going to do you no good. If, if you got 90% and you can't handle what you got, need to handle with 90%, that 10% ain't going to help you. But if you take that 10% and give it to the Lord, he said, I open up all of the windows of heaven just because of 10% and pour out a blessing that'll stretch your 90. Anybody 90 ever been stretched before? Anybody ever went farther on the 90 than you ever went on the 100? Anybody 90 been stretched before? Now, some of y'all, some of y'all, I can tell this is bothering some of y'all, so let me go on, go on and finish, because some of y'all ain't clapped, smiled, ain't looked at your neighbor, looking up at the screen, you, you ain't enjoyed this whole, oh, you, 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 you wishing this thing was over? It's tight, but it's right. I, I need you to understand something. I, wanna, I want you to understand that he said, I open up all the windows of heaven and pour out one blessing that you won't even have room to receive. See, the problem with a lot of us is that we live a tangible life. We got to see things in order to believe them. I'm going to ask my assistants to, to line up over here. See, uh, if, God, if God were to pay us in bananas, if God were to give me 10 bananas, the first thing I would do, since his table, his house comes first, is I would give God one. That's 10%. And the other nine goes over here to me. I don't know if you can see that, but I got more than I gave God. Come on, brother deacons and sisterins. If God were to bless me, open that bag up. Open that bag up. If God were to bless me, come on, take it out. With 10 rolls of paper towel, I give one to God. Now you're giving, come on, give one to God. And take nine to my house. Come on, brothers. If God was to bless me with ten, what's that? Ten hungry jack uh, potatoes. I put one in his house. And the other nine in my house. If God was to give me Campbell mushroom soup. Ten, I put one in God's house. That's my tithe. I put 10 in my house. If God were to give me, don't take them out. If he were to give me 10 cases of water, I put one in my house and the other 10 go to my house. Take them over to take them to my house. I done gave God his 10. If he were to give me paper cups, I put one in his house and the other nine in mine. If, if he gave me 10 toilet tissues, one go to God's house. I'm tithing and the other nine over there. But wait a minute. God done gave me a raise because I've been faithful. He moved me from 10 to 20. Now God gave me 20. I'm going to take two out and 
take the other 18 over the under. But wait a minute. God gave me 50 now. He done gave me a raise because I've been so faithful. I brought my 10%. Now I'm making 50. So I take out five. Take five and put my tithe in. And take the other 40 plus and put it in my house. Can I help some of y'all? See, the problem is y'all think that you're giving God all your money. But the truth of the matter is when you look at your house, you got more in your house than you got in the Lord's house. Is there anybody here that will celebrate the goodness of the Lord? Is there anybody here that understands that I give my 10 to the Lord? But wait a minute. Come here, Glenda. Come here, Tasha. Open that bag of chips up and pour it out on the table. Let me show you what an overflow look like. Just dump it on the table. Just dump it on the table. Come here, Fred. Come here, Kaz. Open up those candles, those, those drinks. Open up those drinks. Open up these drinks. There you go. Just pour them on the table. He said, I'll open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you don't have room. You don't have room. You don't have room. You don't have room. Let it fall. Let it fall. Let it fall. Let it fall. You don't have room to receive. Is there anybody here that will try the Lord's blessing? The key to blessing. I'm going to give God his 10. I'm going to take my nine and not have enough room to bless my house. I don't have enough room. 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 But look, I still bless God. I still bless God. I still bless. Let me help. Let me help you real quick. Let me help you. I do this probably once a year. And every time I do this, Tony, folk come talking about, Pastor, let me get them. Can I get, can, can I get? <laughs> what, is, what does that sign say? This is my house. You can't get nothing out of my house. This is my house. But I brought my tie to the storehouse. So there'll be meat in the storehouse. And so you can always go to the storehouse and get some stuff from the storehouse. That's if some stuff been put in the storehouse. But imagine if I decided not to give my 10 and put my 10% with mine. Now there's nothing in God's house to bless you with. Key to blessing. The key to blessing is obedience. God's plan works every time. As a folk in here trying to figure out how I made it, it's because you gave 10% religiously. You gave it, you gave it consistently. When you would watch this now, watch this. Consistently doesn't mean every time I come. But consistently means every time my offering is taken. Whether I'm there or not, 
because I still want the windows of heaven to bless me so much into the overflow. Somebody living on an overflow blessing today. And the key to blessing is obedience to his word. And his word says, bring all of the tithe to my house. See, God ain't trying to get rich. He could have asked for 20%. He could have asked for 30, 40, 50%. But all he asked was for 10. You know why God asked for 10? Because he don't need your money. He don't count on a thousand hills. The, the earth is the Lord. The four, he don't need your money. But he desires our obedience. And if we're going to obey him, we got to obey him all the way. Not just in how we live, but how we give. How we believe, how we trust him. We got to be obedient all the way, even until death. But that's how Jesus was. Jesus was obedient even unto death. Came down through 42 generations. Obedient to his father. Walked the Judean hillside. Obedient to his father. Raised men and women from the dead. 5,000 souls he fed. Marched up Golgotha's hill and had a, had a cross nailed. Had his hand nailed to the cross. His feet nailed to the cross. Obedience. And because he died on the cross. Got up early Easter Sunday morning. Now this, this spiritual mathematical equation. It just pours into our lives. And we don't even understand it. Scientists can't explain it. Mathematicians can't calculate it. God says, give me 10 and I'll give you so much that you won't even have room to receive it. I want to challenge you today for the whole 2020 to tie. To see what God do it. See the truth of the matter is some of us we were doing it for a while. And life happened. But can I tell you what life happens really means? That's the test that you're on. God will allow tests to come into your life. And we can't explain it. We can't, we can't dissect it. We, can't, we don't know how to, how to talk it away. But somebody here can testify that it works. Somebody can say, I didn't, I didn't have enough to pay nothing. But I trusted him enough to give 10%. And I went home and a check was in the mail that I didn't even know was coming. I went home and somebody called me and said, listen, that's already been taken care of. I went home and blessings upon blessings. There may be somebody here. They don't quite yet understand what, what it is and what it means. Why we shout over giving. It's because he first gave. He, he first gave. He, he loved us so much that he first gave. And the Holy Ghost is telling me to tell you that this, this, this doesn't work for those that don't trust him. It doesn't work for those that have not accepted him as Lord and Savior of their life. The first thing you got to do is you got to be a believer. You got to accept Jesus Christ. 
The fact that he died for your sins. The fact that he didn't stay dead. He got up with all power in his hand. I know, I know it doesn't work for the unbeliever. Because the book of Proverbs tells us this. It says a just man. Proverbs 13, 22, I think it is 13, 18. It says a just man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. That's good. But there's a second verse, the second part, that tells me that this doesn't work for the unbeliever. He said, a just man leaves an inheritance for his children too. He said, but the wealth of the wicked, good God Almighty, is laid up for the just. There may be somebody here that need us cross over. You made the crossover from 2019 to 2020, but you need a crossover from, from the wealth of the wicked to being a part of the just. And the way you do that today is by accepting him, believing that he died, believing that he was buried, believing that he got up with all power in his hand. It doesn't, the Bible doesn't say you got to explain it. It says to believe it. You can't explain how a plane stays in the air, but you believe it's going to get you there. Matter of fact, you hope and pray. Why not trust God the same way? If you're here today and you're unsaved, the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, if thou will confess in thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. The doors of the church are open. Won't you please stand?